Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our first podcast episode. My name is Vanessa, your CEO, Boss Dawn, whatever you want to call it, right? (laughs) Um, But today I want to talk about my advanced parole experience and how was it, you know, from like A to Z. First of all, I'm from the Dominican Republic. I came to the United States when I was like eight, nine-ish, um... You know, like a lot of us, um, obviously came in with no entry, no legal entry for immigration purposes. Um, I've been here, yes, since nine, went to, you know, elementary school here. I went to um, high school here, and now I will be going to college soon to pursue my um career or you know become an attorney immigration attorney pretty soon so you know be on the lookout for that and pretty much I've been married for four years now I got three kids and I decided to apply for advanced parole to be able to go to my country um, and be able to adjust status in the United States so you know for most of us that a lot of people actually don't know about advanced parole and it's crazy because we have DACA since we've been having DACA since 2012. I know a lot of people that went before like you know after like in 2012 when um advanced parole or like DACA you know deferred action came out and when Obama gave it to us but I feel like a lot of us weren't informed or scared you know because shit could get real in like a second you know so i get it you know we fear a lot of things when it comes to immigration and and that's okay you know that's why we're here that's why we're learning that's why we're doing these kind of things to help people you know so um yeah so my grandfather was a little sick um in the dominican republic so i was able to go to my office and do an info pass so for those of you who don't know an info pass is an emergency um it's only for emergency actually so if you can't mail you can't mail your advanced parole if it's an emergency if it's an emergency you have to go to your uscis office and ask them to grant you some kind of you know how many days uh you need to be out of the country if you have daca right so that's something that's attached to basically our deferred action and they gave me 30 days I only went for three days because I was really scared, you know, that was in February 20, yeah, this year, February 2021, and um, I was really, really scared, you know, anyway, I had to come back to work, the kids and everything, so, you know, I couldn't really stay out as much as I wanted to, um, and now looking back, how I see everybody going to their country and staying for, like, months or coming in and out, you know, um, uh, multiple entries and things like that it's amazing and i just love that for us like you know i just really really love that for us but you know my goal was to get that legal entry basically and be able to come back and adjust that as asap right um that's gonna be part two of my um <laughs> my second episode on this i'm talking about my adjustment of status but yeah so pretty much i took my um my birth certificate my mom's birth certificate my grandpa's birth certificate everything has to be translated in english regardless of the language everything has to be translated in english right so i took that i made an affidavit you know just kind of like if you want to call it an affidavit or like just like a you know a little letter just telling them like why i need to go to the dominican republic what's wrong with my grandfather and i also attached his um a doctor's letter 
So his doctor made me a letter saying that, you know, he had COVID and I needed to be there for him. You know, I needed to go get him some medical help, some, um, you know, nurses or whatever the case might be. You know, he does live with my grandmother, but they're both pretty old. So, you know, I just didn't want to add no more to, you know, she if she couldn't handle it, I needed her to have some help. So I got the doctor's letter translated in English also. And the form I3, uh, I'm sorry, the form is the um, I1, I31. So that form is pretty easy. It's pretty much your name, address, and where you're going. And this is like for everything, though. I feel like um, even if you're going to go visit a grave, you know, it's the same thing. You need the the death certificate of that person that you're going to. And you need to prove that that person is your family member. So you would need birth certificates to prove it, right? Everything has to be translated in English. The form I-131 never changes unless like USCIS.gov up- updates it. So it'll be the same form for any type of advanced payroll that you want to try. Um, it'll be the same form. It'll be just different documents if you're going, you know, to visit a grave, to visit a sick relative, to visit somebody you haven't seen in a long time, to um, for dental work, you know. Um, for me, it was a sick relative. So for the sick relative, that's what I took. I took my birth certificate, my um, grandpa's birth certificate, my mother's birth certificate, the doctor's letter, the form I-131 um and that's pretty much it i gave them a money order of 575 they weren't taking it so pretty much now these offices are not taking money order um they're taking like debit or like a personal check but i would suggest just taking a debit card because you don't want to be going through none of that stuff with them people you know so just take your um debit card it's 575 and i got approved for 30 days like I said, I only went for three days because I was really scared and I did everything I needed to do in those three days. You know what I mean? So um, we went through Newark Airport and they didn't really ask for anything. Obviously, they don't ask for anything going you know, out of the country because they don't really care. Right. Um, they fingerprinted me and my husband at the airport um, when we landed in the Dominican Republic. Um, I was there for those three days. You know, they would have to do um coming back was pretty easy too um a lot of people have a lot of different experiences but i didn't have no type of experience like um well i think i'm skipping parts right so let me just go back to the office and you and my 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 uscis office they didn't ask me no questions they didn't ask me she just asked she just asked me if i had a form um in the system i said i don't think so maybe and i did have the i-130 uh for petition um you know my husband's petitioning for me or whatever so i did have that form in there and she went back talked to her supervisor and they gave me the 30 days and that was pretty much it right so now fast forward we're at the airport and coming back from the Dominican Republic they um asked me like hey like um do you have like a residency and stuff and I said hey no like I just have my DACA and like the 512L paper I gave it to them um well the boy at the front didn't know what he was doing so then he called the manager and the manager was like yeah here you know like you're good to go and me and my husband just walked in once we got to Newark New Jersey um they took us to the Cuartico right and the Cuartico they didn't ask me anything either they just took my uh, passport and the paper they, they kept my 512L but they gave me my passport back with the stamp so now you know if you're traveling the whole point is to get that passport stamp because that legal entry can help you in the future like I said I'm gonna do a part two of this um episode and we're gonna get into some things right but um I came back and that was pretty much it you know a lot of people have different um 
experiences. That's why we have a Facebook group called Dreamers Together DACA AP slash AOS. We have like our TikTok also Dreamers Together. Um, our Instagram is also Dreamers Together. And on YouTube, we're going to have some pretty cool stuff up there pretty soon. But advanced parole is just something so big that we don't know what qualifies for it you know what i mean like we do the grave the dental and all that other stuff the sick relative is the most common one because we're able to get those those letters because our family members are really sick you know and our grandpas and grandmas are really old you know some people don't get approved like if you're in texas and sometime in california like they don't get approved i say fight for what you need or believe in you know what i mean contact congress people you know you need to contact whoever you need to contact so they can approve that baby and you're able to go you just can't give up. I think that's part of what my group is about. I don't like when people give up. I don't like when people um, just just let it go. Like, no, that belongs to you. You need to do it. It's plain and simple. If they don't know what they're talking about, that's not on you. You contact whoever you need to contact and, and get it popping. You feel me? But at the end of the day, my trip was very, like, simple. So I'm going to try to have some other people come up here and kind of tell the story so we can share this around but um it was pretty simple even if you're gonna take some ashes to your country you're gonna mail it out you need to, you know uh, a permit to take the ashes but you, you still need the form i-131 you still need the 575 you still need a, a letter saying why you need to go over there like those are pretty basic things that i feel like we should all know by now same thing with the document renewals I, i'm not even gonna get into that with you guys but my trip is very very um simple i can say i, I didn't have a bad experience at all and unfortunately some people do have some experiences but thankfully they're all you know stood their ground that's something that i also wanted people to like just realize like you have to stand your ground because we're an immigrant or whatever we're still human beings you know they have to people have to respect you regardless of, of, of the color of whatever you know and i también. so demand your respect from these people you know they some people are power hungry it's never the point you know as long as you stay on your ground we're good to go you know but um i did get my legal entry and now i am adjusting status and hopefully you guys can tune in for my next episode where i'm gonna break down well hopefully this episode broke down a little bit you know uh my experience with advanced parole so, um, and I do want to add that if you want to do advanced parole to go like for work studies to another country that's not your country, you're able to do it. But hopefully I can have some other people come up here and tell, tell us their experience. Um, and I'll be back next week with a breakdown of my AOS, which is adjustment of status. Thank you so much, you guys. Hopefully, you guys can share this, and hopefully, this can help somebody in the future. Maybe I can have somebody do it in Spanish, because I, I know a lot of us do um, speak Spanish or understand Spanish better. But, you know, patience and one thing at a time, okay? And remember that at the end of the day, we all we got, you know? So, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, and I'll see you guys. Well, no, I hope you guys can hear me next week. <laughs> thank you. Bye.